Good evening, good evening. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So glad to be back on tonight for another episode of For Such a Time as This. We were away last week. Um, a few things came up, but thanks be to God we're back. Sometimes we just need to rest a little bit. And so we thank God that we are back on here tonight. It's always uh, Reverend John Mason is here with us. I'm Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, and we are a portion of the ministry for such a time as this. And we've come back on tonight to finish what we started a couple of weeks ago, and that was that word regarding um, the struggle is real. I don't sure. care who you are. If you're a child of God, you will struggle sometimes. And if you don't struggle in this Christian walk, you might want to check yourself (laughs) because there is a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. And so on tonight, we are grateful to be back to kind of put a wrap up on, again, what we started a couple of weeks ago. As always, we like to start with prayer. And so we're going to ask Reverend Mason if he would lead us in prayer and we would seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said through his word. Dr. Mason, if you will. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we, first of all, just want to just say thank you, Lord. For just waking us up this morning and just giving us another opportunity, Father, that uh, we always say that it wasn't promised, it wasn't guaranteed, and there was nothing we did to earn that opportunity. But you've given us an opportunity, Father, just to to praise your name, Father. Yes, Lord, thank you. Just do what we have to do, Lord, in, in order to fulfill your mission. Yes, you've called us to do, Father, and we feel tonight, Father, and we believe tonight that uh, the ministry of for such a time as this, Father, is part of your mission. So, Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, that you would open up uh, our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears and, and Father, our, our hearts more than anything. And help us tonight, Father, to be able to expound on your word in the way that you would have us to, Father, to where uh, we can make it so simple that a child could understand it. Where we realize how important it is for uh, your people to be able to grow by your word. Yes, sir. Yes. So help us tonight, Father. And uh, as always, Lord, we know that your spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. So we ask for the illumination of that spirit tonight yes, uh, to help us to see and understand the truth for what it is. Uh, we believe you're going to do that, Father. We, we believe it's already done. So we just want to be participants in that victory tonight, Lord, of getting your word across to all the listeners that are here today. And we thank you for it right now. We just believe it's done already. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen again. Amen, amen, amen. Again, we are grateful to be here to again to <clears throat> excuse me, kind of put a cap on this particular um, lesson tonight. 
Um, last time we were here, we were talking out of Romans 17. I mean, I'm sorry, Romans 7, verses 15 through 25. I think I put 14 on the on the flyer, so forgive me. But we were talking about the Christian life and how the Christian life is truthfully a struggle. Um, I don't care who you are. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. If you've been walking with the Lord for any time, you will struggle. You are going to struggle because, and as I was speaking with Reverend Mason earlier today, he mentioned something about um, Galatians 5. He talked about how there's a holy war going on. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And I don't know about you, but every day I, I have to deal with my flesh and I do my best to be led by the spirit. Some days are better than others. We'll just say that. And some people won't be honest and, excuse me, Reverend Mason, and admit that from time to time they struggle. But here's the thing. If you don't struggle in this Christian world, check yourself. Mm -hmm. None of us have got there yet. None of us have been made perfect yet now. I'm going to say something and some people be like, man, you're tripping with what you're getting ready to say, but um, we can be perfect down here on earth. Now, before you go and say this and say that, give me a moment to explain what I'm saying. Excuse me. We won't be perfect from the world's standard, but we can be perfect according to God's standard. The Bible says Job was a man that was perfect and upright. In Psalms, I think it's 37, he says, Mark the perfect man. He also tells us in the New Testament, be ye perfect for I am perfect. That word perfect deals with a level of maturity and completeness. So whereas the world identifies perfect as not doing anything wrong, they do say nobody's perfect. Okay, that's fine. But when the Christian talks about perfection, they're talking about maturity in Christ, completeness in Christ, where we perfectly can rely on and trust Christ. So on this Christian journey, every day of your life, you will struggle. There will be some days that you just want to say some stuff that you know you don't have no business saying. There will be some days you want to do some things that you know you have no business doing. There's some days you want to go places that as a child of God you should not go. Conversations that we don't need to take part in behaviors that we need to totally put away. And and growing up, I always remember the TV commercial with the little angel on the right shoulder and the devil on the left shoulder. And 
<laughs> the devil telling you go ahead and do it and the angel telling you nah don't do it and and you you battle with that tug of war that wrestling within you but you can never go wrong when you follow the spirit of god spirit of god will never leave you wrong go ahead brothers Mason. I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, within my prayer, I, I stated uh, in the book of Matthew where scripture says that uh, one of the things that we have with us that is very assuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that we have the spirit we living with inside of us uh, he dwells with us and uh, God has on purpose put him there to lead us and to guide us into all truth and so when it comes down to uh, knowing what truth is uh, and not getting misled we have that assurance from the Holy Spirit that's going to lead us in the right way. And uh, lots of times I hear people say, well, Lord, I need more of your spirit. Um, well, how much do you have now? <laughs> uh, if you say you need more of it. But God has assured us that when we got saved, that he told us that we are complete in him. He gave us everything to complete what we need in order to win in this Christian journey. Uh, So you really don't need more of the spirit. What the spirit needs is more of you. And once we begin to yield ourselves and give the spirit exactly what he needs, then you would be surprised the things that we as Christians would be able to accomplish. God just sitting back just to see exactly what we're going to do, how much we're going to, as I would say like this, how much more we're going to continue to deny ourselves uh, because that's when the spirit begin to work is when we can get self out of the way and let the spirit does or do exactly what he wants to do uh, in our lives. And that's that's one of the main uh, objectives here of being victorious in our Christian walk here in uh, chapter seven. Brother Sam. Um, yeah, I think that you've I mean, you've hit everything and every key point. And I think the, the biggest thing that you said and reference was that. And this is, you know, Reverend Mason or myself, this is any Christian that's in this walk, that sin is right there, man. And and, and it's powerful. And I think Reverend Mason said the same thing until they allow the Holy Spirit. That is the power until you realize that you realize that you have just as much power uh, within this to fight sin um, and I think that's where people you know, I'm too weak but man if you realize the energy and the power that 
you tap into and to giving you man it's an ultimate strength will you fail sometimes yeah you will because the flesh sometimes i'm sorry it, it does win uh, you you succumb to it but as we always say you as you grow man you will sin less um, it's a powerful thing, man. The spirit helps us through these things. But, you know, Paul says so many things, man, and he's um, going to say more as we dive into this, man. And I'm, I'm just excited to get into it because, man, this sinful nature is what we see every day. This sinful nature of, of so many things that I'm not even going to tap into when they you know, I think we discussed when you're born a certain way, but that's the sinful nature. That's what sin is. We're born into that sin. And until you let the Holy Spirit just come in, until you say okay, until you're saved, man, then you have that opportunity to let the Spirit really, what dwells within you, to work on that sin and that flesh that, that has condemned so many. As a Christian, <clears throat> we have decided that we no longer want to live the way we used to live. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a Christian, we have decided now that we're going to, and it is hard to do at times, deny yourself, take up our cross and follow Jesus. And when we talk about certain things like sometimes it's hard to live the Christian life, please don't think we're giving or saying that it's okay to sin. We never mean that. We never suggest that or we never try to get people to think that way. One can live a victorious Christian life based upon one's allowing the Spirit of God to lead them. But within that attempt to allow God's Spirit to lead us, we have a daily battle with our flesh. We have this daily battle to where we're constantly dealing with our old nature. We've got the Spirit of God living in these old sinful bodies, as one guy said. And again, Galatians says they're constantly at war with each other. And Paul, here in this seventh chapter of Rome, talks about this battle. He talks about how you do things that you wouldn't do, and you don't understand why you're doing so let me read, and it's a little long, but let me read verses 15 through 25, and we'll seek to dive into this. Paul says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Paul said, the stuff that I'm doing, that makes the say. He said, that's not the stuff I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand why I do some of the stuff I do. Man. I'm sure everybody know how it is. It's that feeling that you get after you done messed up when you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Or, man, I shouldn't have did that. Uh, I, I have to be honest. I, uh, 
somewhere and ate something Sunday and had some of the worst service that I ever had. Matter of fact, the lady cooked, kicked me in my surgically repaired foot twice. Mm. First time she said she didn't know she did it. The second time she said she didn't know she did it. The second time was more than enough for me. I wanted her gone. And my behavior said I wanted her gone. And see, at that moment, I didn't rely on the Spirit of God and just like, look, okay, fine. Pain I allowed to cause me to act in a way that I shouldn't have acted. And so I lost that battle. And that's the way it is with the Christian. We're in a war, but this war is a lot of battles. We ultimately win the war, but we got a lot of battles to fight along the way. And that's the battle that I love. Most people are like, well, you're a preacher, you this, you're a pastor, you this. It does not matter who you are or what your title is or what your place is. You're going to win some battles in this war and you're going to lose some battles in this war. And unfortunately, some people aren't willing to admit what I just admitted. Some people aren't willing to be truthful and say, yeah, I struggle. Yeah, there's some stuff in me that I don't like. Yeah, there's some stuff that I do that I don't understand why I do because that's not who I am. Right. Simply, Paul tells us it's the war that's going on inside of you. Take it, Mesa. It's true. You know, uh, when we back up just a little bit, it brings us right to where we are. Uh, uh, you know, God has already outlined, and, and you know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at what Paul's saying that he's doing what he don't want to do. He's doing what he hates to do, uh, which indicates that he knows what to do. Right. And, and and so since we know what to do, you know, and that's where the law comes in. At the law has showed us what to do. You know, God's law is not the problem. Uh, the problem is us. It's our sinful nature that we have that was passed down uh, from Adam. And, and now we, we, we sin because we have this nature to sin. Uh, so it's our, it's our fault. Uh, we naturally do what we aren't supposed to do. And, uh, and we don't do what we should. <laughs> And, and, and that's a problem, you know. Um, I think, you know, when you when you look at uh, this uh, issue of us doing what we're not supposed to do and not doing what we should, we see this every day in our lives. Um, you know, you see a sign hanging on a park bench somewhere. It says, uh, wet paint, do not touch. And what do we do? We touch it. It's just something in us that just makes us just just want to touch it because there's this sign that says don't do it right uh, or or when you're driving you see a sign that says no u-turns you know uh, what do people do well I'm, I'm gonna make a u-turn anyway because a lot of times we'll make the u-turn out of convenience you know, even though it's wrong, yeah, but if I don't make the U-turn right here, I got to go all the way up the street and find me a place to turn around, come down in the traffic, and we don't want to do that. And so because we want to please ourselves, 
we'll please ourselves even to the extent of making a U-turn even when there's a sign posted that says we're not supposed to make the U-turn. And then when we hear that uh, siren go off, you know, that whoop, whoop, once, once we hear that, then we get upset with the police officer who's stopping us from making the U-turn, you know, and we know we're guilty. You know, it's, it's the same thing when you see a sign say, keep off the grass or, or don't push this button or, or that button. And our sinful nature uh, is basically in that certain time when we know things are prohibited that we're not supposed to do. Our sinful nature is actually enticed at that time. It's, it's enticed to do the exact opposite of what the the sign basically purposely uh commands us not to do and and we want to do just the opposite of what the sign says to do it's, it's, it's just in us to do wrong uh and and when you think about it it's that same way with adam and eve when god specifically told them what to do all they had to do was obey god and do exactly what he told them to do but with the enticement of the great deceiver who was there at the time. Uh, he enticed them to do exactly what God or what he knew God didn't want them to do. And so that same type of sinful nature has been passed down to us today. And we struggle with the same thing uh, that Adam and Eve struggle with today. Uh, I think it was uh, Augustine. Uh, Augustine speaks of... Uh, this tendency also in his confessions when you listen to him uh do a recount he talks about there was a time and an age uh when he was 16 years old and he he stole the fruit from a pear tree and he didn't even like pears but he stole the pear stole the fruit from the pear tree anyway uh and he did it just simply because he knew it was wrong he knew it was forbidden but because of that sinful nature that he had, uh, he was enticed uh, to do that. And, and, and when I was doing this study, one of the things that I saw that still uh, it, it gets my attention, he says that sin is enticed or is excited when it comes time to do what you know you shouldn't do. Sin has a way of the, the making it exciting to do what's wrong. Uh, he doesn't make it uncomfortable for you, but he makes it in a way to where you are drawn toward doing what you know is absolutely wrong to do. And that's one of the struggles that, that, we, that we struggle with today is that, uh, and, and I guess we can call it the, the pleasure of satisfying that sinful nature. And all of us like pleasure, whether we admit it or not. We love pleasure. And sin has a way of being able to entice us or excite us into doing exactly what it wants us to do. Brother Sam? I, mean, I, I, I totally agree. I hope my internet is going well. It, and, and the thing about it is he said it, though, everyone, and I think we always say, you know, I think we talked about it earlier, Psalms 51 and 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
And so, as we discussed earlier today, man, we we were born into sin. This sinful nature, man, is something that we just, it jumps on us, man. We was born this way. And until we find ourselves, and we find ourselves, honestly, we're a slave to sin. And, and you're constantly, a, until you declare and say, okay, we're, we're either slaves to sin, which is, which is our natural state what it is or we're a slave to Christ when we accept him into our lives and and those are the struggles I think that we always deal with and, and we say it again you know as as sin goes on and it, it's in our lives man it, it's either we feed it and it becomes uh, festers up and becomes exactly overtake us or, or we t- let the spirit lead us and let the spirit succumb to you know to those things that we desire of the flesh so excuse me Paul puts it again he says the stuff that I do now this just hit me guys some Christians and yes Christians or not where Paul was right now when they said. Sometimes we do stuff that we just want to do. For some people, it's not always a, a struggle, and that's sometimes with those carnal Christians. But Paul here is saying that he's trying to live the Christian life. And in trying his best to live the Christian life, he still he still finds himself sinning. And for the child of God that believes you're beyond sinning, no way. As long as you end this stuff called flesh, you will sin. First John 2 and 1 says, My little children, these things write out unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, or rather since you're going to sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We wouldn't need an advocate if we weren't going to sin. We wouldn't need Jesus, who is the mediator between man and God, if we were going to be sinless all of our lives. And we say it all the time, Excuse me. No, we're not sinless. But as a child of God, the more and the closer we get to God, the less and less we ought to sin. And see, people don't like you talking about sin. They'd rather you talk about money and blessings and miracles and prophetic words. And all of that stuff has its place. But right now, we need to be telling people, to get right because if you don't see what's going on something's wrong with you if you can't see that God is getting that his that Jesus' return is getting closer and see every day we live his return is getting closer that's what some people don't understand because every moment every minute every second every hour every day we're getting closer and that's what Paul said in this 13th chapter of Romans he said now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed so as children of God we have to 
deal with ourselves. And that, that's another problem in the church is that people won't take a look at themselves. They always want to look at everybody else. And uh, one writer said, how can you get, you know, a speck out of somebody else's eye? You got to tell for a beam sticking through your eye. How you want to talk about everybody else's and you, you don't see, you know, see that you need to do better. But the nature that is within us, that sinful nature did not leave when we accepted Christ. It's still in us. It still resides in us. And again, and Reverend Mason, I've heard you tell this story before. I mentioned this before. And Brother Sam, I've heard you mention it too. That contingent upon what you feed the most, whether you feed your sinful nature or whether you feed the spirit. And by feeding, I mean what you partake in. So as far as your sinful nature, if it's partaking in the things of the world and it's the one you constantly feed, it's going to dominate the spirit man because the spirit man is not being fed. But if you feed or you partake of the word of God, godly conversation, spiritual songs and things like that, that's the one that's going to win. That's the one that's going to win the battle. It's contingent upon who you're, what you're feeding, what what your diet, what your digesting, what your appetite is. <clears throat> Excuse me. What what's going in you? What are you intaking? Because what comes out of you is what's in you. And so Paul says, "There's stuff that I do in trying to please God." That I don't even understand why I do it. He said, This he says, I don't want to practice this stuff. I'm trying to please God. And even in the beginning of the next chapter, Paul says, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. So there has to be a conscious decision made to walk after the Spirit, to allow the Spirit of God to lead us, not to act like that old Budweiser commercial and say, this Bud's for you, or, you know, you've been living right for so long, you're like, well, I think I'm I, I'm due an opportunity to, and here's one of the lines that people just throw all the time, well, God know my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Go read Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah tell you about that heart of yours but as a Christian whenever good is present watch this evil shows up and there's a choice to make yesterday on Sunday I made the wrong choice with my behavior Lord forgive me however we know right from wrong But even in knowing right from wrong, we still allow our flesh to oftentimes override the spirit. It's true. Go ahead, Mason. It's true. Uh, I agree. You know, scripture teaches us all that uh, one of the things that we're at as and as powerful as the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and as powerful as the Holy Spirit can be in our lives if we allow him to 
we could have victory uh, in a way that we never had victory before. Uh, and, and again, he, he's, he's waiting on us. But what we're what we do a lot is that we quench the spirit because the spirit is like this 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 powerful inferno in us like this this powerful raging raging fire and uh he wants to act that way in our lives so that we can be out and accomplish the things that god has for us to accomplish because we have to be able to do those things uh, in the supernatural way and that's why he gives us the spirit's help to be able to accomplish those things so when when we look at a lot of times we will quench the spirit it's like you knowing that you need that that power and that raging inferno but it's like we continuously dose water on top of it to try to put it out or the things that we do as far as uh, the sin that we commit uh, when we do that by being disobedient to the spirit we, we quench that fire that wants to be so uh, uh, powerful in our lives to make us or, or allow us to be able to do the things we want to do we can't do it because it's us it's, it's never the spirit but it's, it's always us and, and not only do we just quench the Spirit's power uh, in our lives, but we also uh, grieve the Spirit, you know, when we're disobedient to what God calls us to do also. Um, and, and, and that's not good, because when you grieve someone, you make them sad. And one of the things we don't want to do is make, make the Spirit sad. Uh, but I think one of the motivations for us as Christians is that we have the power living within us to where we can be more victorious over this fleshly battle uh, that we have, you know, this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And, and God has given that to us because he knew this is exactly what we were going to need. So he's given us this power in order to be more victorious, but we've got to use this power in order to be victorious. And I think one of the, one of the things that motivates me more is that I don't like consequences to being disobedient. I didn't like them when I was growing up. Um, I didn't like what mom and dad said they was gonna do if if I was disobedient, you know, if I kept throwing rocks, you know, <laughs> on top of the house and knowing that I was possibly could hit one of the windows, uh, I didn't like the consequences that they said was going to happen to me. If I, uh, and they call them chunk, well, quit chunking them rocks. You know, if, right, if I man. chunk one of those rocks over there and, uh, and happen to break, break one of the windows, I didn't like the consequences. I didn't like the consequences of, uh, knowing the difference between right and wrong and choosing wrong. And I, I think that if we look at the consequences that God gives us, he gives us the type of consequences that gets our attention. And, and when you, you, you have a choice to choose wrong and to choose right, I think you, 
to look at that thing, you know, and 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 not just just act just on impulse when it comes down to sin. You know, it, there should already be some type of struggle there anyway when it comes down to sin if you're a born again Christian. And you got a chance to to weigh this thing in the balance and say, okay, is, is when I make this choice, is this choice going to be beneficial to me or, or detrimental to me? You know, which which choice should I make? You know, and then you know if it's sin, it's going to have consequences to it that you do not want have in your life. You don't want those type of consequences in your life. You know the sin consequences are not going to be beneficial. Yeah, but there's a, a, a pleasure. You know, people might say, well, yeah, uh, uh, there's that's a pleasure in sin. You know, that's that's why we do it. You know, you don't have to make us sin. We automatically sin because we're looking at the pleasure we're going to get from the sin that we commit. Yeah, but you don't want to look at those pleasure as being something that's going to gonna last uh, for a long term. Because most times the sinful pleasures are temporary. And once they wear off, uh, or if they... Uh, because some consequences of sin are going to be life-lasting. Uh, some consequences of sin that you might commit, it might just be something short. But the thing is, is that the payment is never going to be beneficial from sin. And then we already know that the ultimate payment for sin is going to be death. So we have to kind of like, you know, look at this thing in a way, uh, is it worth my time? Should I even commit to sin uh, for whatever reason? And I know sometimes sin is spontaneous too. You know, we 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 sin on, on impulse. Um, but I I think sin that we uh, basically plan out is is more detrimental to us than than just impulsive sin. You know that uh, we get caught off guard or you know. <coughs> Example, like if, if you're going down the freeway and uh, somebody cuts you off, you know, all of a sudden you say something at that time that you shouldn't have said, but you only said it on impulse because you got mad in, in the uh, uh, in the situation at that time. You know, and then you first thing we'll say is we're lower forgiving. You know, I didn't really mean to say that. Uh, that's called impulse sin. And it happens more than we wanted to when we're on the freeway. And so over time, we have to be more aware of that kind of stuff, knowing that it can happen. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us, give us the power to be overcomers in that. Amen, sir. <clears throat> As something you said about people sinning and saying that there's pleasure in sin. Mm -hmm. But there's also pain for the pleasure right. and, and you said God has a way of getting us back for and you know the pleasure we want to enjoy, enjoy and also what we have to understand the pleasure is at the at the expense of us pleasing Christ so we when we get ready to sin and we sin willfully we want to do stuff that we know we shouldn't do it's that pleasure is at the expense of what Christ has done for us. 
So we, we really ought to think about what we're trying to, or what we're getting ready to do or what it is that we're going to do mm-hmm. that's going to bring us pleasure, but it's going to cause us pain later on. So you have to ask yourself, is temporary pleasure worth whatever length of time that pain is worth? And that's how sin is, it's temporary. Because that feeling or whatever only lasts for a moment. Um, <clears throat> Paul goes on here in verse 16, Mason, and he says, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Paul said, Now look, if I go and do the stuff that I wouldn't do, he's saying, I'm saying that I'm agreeing with God's word that this is not good for me. Because as you just said, the old man wouldn't even feel like this. It's true. The old man wouldn't say, man, I shouldn't have did that. The old man going to talk about how good it was, going to share it with friends or whatever, what happened and all of this stuff. But Paul is saying that this thing that I'm doing, that I don't understand why I'm doing it, this is not right because it does not agree with God's law. And anytime you're in agreement with God's word, you're in a good place. Anytime you're convicted by the word for something that you do, you show that you agree with God, with what God has said about what you're doing. So Paul says, he says, now if I, if then I do what I would not, he said, I consent, I agree that the law is good. And then he says, now then it is no more I that do it, but it's sin that dwelleth in me. He's not making an excuse for his sin. And we don't want people to understand, to think, okay, Paul said, well, it ain't me. You know the sin. I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. No, it's the sinful nature that keeps rising up in us. So he goes on to say, he says, for I know that in me, this is verse 18, he said that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing nothing good in us in in our flesh not in the flesh nothing good about this flesh that we live in because the flesh watch this the flesh will lead you to hell and won't even go (laughs) I think I need to say that again the flesh will lead you to hell and it won't even go So all of this, and it keeps running through my head about something this preacher who's dead and gone to say, and I guess I better say it because it keeps coming back to me. Because a lot of times, <clears throat> and I was listening to something about Christians dating this morning, and it talked about sometimes we connect with people because we feel they're on the same level we own, or they're physically attracted to one another, and Men and women both need to understand <clears throat> that, saved or not, our eyes will get us in a lot of trouble. Our eyes are drawn to things or to people that look good to us or that attract them to us. Mm-hmm. But it was talking about things that you do <laughs> while you're dating 
being careful about what you do. And that's what they were saying that sex is only for married people. Right. And I heard this preacher say one time, he said, now, while you're laying in the bed, huffing and puffing, doing what you're doing, you know, and you're not married, and you just, after it's over with, you lay there and you breathe, you catch your breath, and you talk about how good it was. He said, after you finish doing that, he said, turn over and ask Jesus, was it good for him? Because he was right there too. Mm. Yeah, that part. Valid point, right? Valid point. He said, turn over and ask the Lord, was it good for him? Because he was right there. And that thing has stuck with me, Mace. Mm-hmm. Verse Sam, that thing stuck Paul didn't say when I slip and do the stuff, but Paul was like, I'm not intending or I'm not practicing doing stuff like that. Right. And people say, well, well, stuff happens. Stuff happens when we allow it to happen. We always have a decision as to how far we take anything. But the number one thing we need to remember is everything, as you said, Mason, that's against the word of God comes with a cost. <clears throat> and if one continues to live in sin and as a Christian, there's a cost that you will pay. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we uh, think about this, this, this sin that we commit, um, some of sin we we contemplate it uh which is something that we we shouldn't do uh but it is something that 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 happens all the time uh i think some of us don't realize our position in christ uh and and, and like you said you stated earlier you said that some of Say sin would take you to hell and won't even go. Um, when people hear that, are they thinking that, okay, sin would take you to hell or the flesh would take you to hell and the flesh won't even go? Well, when you're stating that about the flesh, you're talking about the works of the flesh. Because those are the very thing <laughs> that if we do those things, those are the things that are sinful, uh, that are sending you to hell because you choose to do them. But it'll stay here and continue to influence people to continue to doing wrong. You know, and and, and one one of the, the things that is powerful is that. Um, we don't know our position in Christ. So therefore, we live and take chances any kind of way because we don't realize that Christ lives within us. We even quote the scripture all the time, it's in him that we live and and move and have our being, okay? So, Paul even stated in Corinthians, he said, uh, don't you know 
that you have been bought with a price? Don't you know that you are not your own? That you have been bought with a price? It says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit lives within us. And so there's no way that you could separate uh, God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. You can't separate them. Uh, because those three are one. And the Bible clearly states that those three are one. So God actually lives in us now. He lives and resides in us now. Uh, that's why we're part of what we call the body of Christ. Every born-again Christian who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're part of the body of Christ. You know, you see, uh, when Christ comes back for the church and as a matter of fact me and brother Sam had this discussion uh, today when Christ comes back for the church he's not coming back for the church building he's coming back for people who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior they've accepted that finished work that he did on the cross when he paid the price for the sins of, of mankind and when he comes back, he's coming back for those people who have believed in that finished work that he did on the cross for us. And when he comes back, he's coming back for us. So we're, we're part of the, uh, of the body of Christ. And so when God looks at us, he looks at us in a way to where our relationship is so close with him that even when you sin, you take him uh, basically to bed with you. Uh, so there's no getting around sin. There's no way that you can sin um, and get away with it without him knowing about it. David even said that, you know, he said, wherever he goes, <laughs> he said, God is there. Uh, it, it didn't matter even if he if he went to hell. He said, even if I go there, he said, there you you right there with me. Uh, so there's no way you can get away from it. So one of the things that should caution us from sinning is uh, knowing that whatever sin you partake in, that you actually have God partaking in that sin. And people don't like that. They don't like that. They think, well, you know, God is not actually sinning with me I'm the one that's actually sinning no no you're not that's because you don't understand your 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 spiritual position now that has changed since you've been saved see it ain't this thing is serious now it ain't ain't, ain't just a game that you're playing now this is this is serious business now because now you're beginning to live in a life in a, a type of life now that's always been physical and now, since you've been born again and you've become spiritual now, now you're living in the spiritual realm now. And it's a whole lot entirely different than the physical realm. So some of that stuff that you used to do, well, it, it, it wasn't involved in the spiritual realm, so it didn't affect God at all. But now, since you've become a child of God, now it affects you more than you ever know. You can't get away with anything now not without getting, being accountable and being held accountable to God. And so when we, when we sin, we have to be very cautious 
of what we what we do, which really, really should be no sin. Uh, but since we're not perfect, as as people would say, uh, just know that there are going to be some consequences of sin that going to basically uh, be there for the rest of your life. Uh, and, and so we we have everything that we need in order to be more victorious of sin. One of the things, and, and I say this, uh, to help us be more victorious uh, in this walk of life, to keep from sinning a lot, is the Word of God. Amen. Uh, I think it was, uh, maybe it was Charles Spurgeon we mentioned before, he said, the Bible, this book, will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from this book. And if you look at your life and look at your life real closely and then look at the sin you commit, whether it's big sin or little sin, you know, uh, if it's a, a big lie or a little white lie, a little black lie, however we want to look at it. If you look at it, you think about the word of God. How much are you into the word of God and how much of the word of God is in you? And, and you can know that by the lifestyle that you live and the things that you do on a regular basis. And I can guarantee you that if you are more into the word of God than you are into things that will cause you to sin, you will sin a whole lot less. Not sin less the way you don't commit any sin at all, but I guarantee you will sin a whole lot less. And, and we might have people on here that, that may not believe that, but I challenge you today just to try it. Try doing, try getting more into the Bible. Try studying the word more and, and uh, asking God to help you to obey the word more and obeying the spirit more. And see, and then have the control that they have over you they'll begin to have less control over you because now your mindset is entirely different. It's not focusing on those sinful things. Now it's focusing on more godly things. And those are going to be the things that, again, the more you feed your mind or whatever you feed your mind with the most, the more uh, that mindset that's, that's uh, basically fed the most with the word or fed most with sinful things is going to be the one that dominates you. Brother Sam. <clears throat> I hope my internet up uh, fairly well. So it, the thing being is, and, and, and we hit so many points on this, and I like to say that this journey or sin in itself is powerful. And I think that the, one of the biggest factors, even being in the word, as you're saying, we have to have some accountability. We have to have people who can hold you accountable or not even accountable, but those that you can reach out to in your time of weakness, because it's good to have God and on this journey as you're walking within it and you walk with him and you know that you're, you're in your word and, and you're doing all these things. And even while you're doing these things and they seem right and they are right, that little thing pops up out of nowhere 
and it could be a desire or something because you're still fighting with this flesh because it pops up man we still need people to help us along the journey like you can make that phone call and say hey my brother I'm struggling right now I I need uh, you know I need to talk with you I need you to have some prayer with me and understand that even though you're doing all these things man the Holy Spirit is there with you and then as we say man sometimes you succumb to the flesh and you don't always say no You, you don't and then you find yourself in a position to where you're saying Hey, I, I, I'm sorry, Lord. I know I shouldn't have at the same time. And I'm be honest, you can be at the same time on your way to commit that sin. And you still saying, Lord, I know I shouldn't be going here right now, but I just can't help it right now because the flesh in your mind is thinking that, man, this is going to be all right. This is going to be more than all right. This is what I, you know, I've been wanting. This might have been something that, and at the same time, man, you're fighting with the flesh and knowing that, in the midst of it all, you can make a phone call. And that's all it takes sometimes. And, and I'm just going to be speaking from experience. And it happens. And you say, hey, my brother, I'm right here with you. You know, and, and, and you can have that turnaround moment to say, hey, I, you know what? And at the end of it all, you say, hey, God, you got the victory. That's when you know that, man, God is, is, is working in you. Because if you don't have any conviction in you, why are you going to do or done what you have done, then you need to take a look at yourself. But at the same time, I'm thankful for the people that I walk this life with. And you have to understand that you need true brothers and sisters in Christ to hold on to. And that's going to keep you built up along the way because what they're doing for you as you get there, you'll do for the next person that's listening to you, that's looking at you, because if they see exactly what you've done and they know your sinful natures and what you have been and they see the change in you, that's powerful. Because now it's always I want what you have. How did you do that? The good that you do now, because I know how bad you were. And we can't be a prisoner to the sin, you know, and and I, I like it because even for myself, man, it it intrigues me to, to just hear it, but it's also to be doing of it. And so now that's I have to hold myself accountable, even as, you know, in this Christian walk. And we all do, regardless, there's no big sin, a little sin, but the sins that we always say that, can you do anything about it? If you can do something about it, then do it. If you can't, then you can't do anything about it. But here we have a, an opportunity that we know what sin is. We know what the, the mathematical solution to it is. We know what it is that can solve these things because we have the word to, to, to read and to see what the solution is for it. One plus one is two. We have those things and Paul has given us the equations and what we need to do to it. He said to himself, man, he was the chief. He was the master. I mean, come on. And I'm not going to say, you know, whether if he did it for him, he can do it for me. If God chooses to do, he will. But you have an opportunity to, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm full because this presentation, the struggle is real. And the struggle is coming from, I like how it come from real men and women of God to say, you know, I'm not. I'm not without sin. I'm, I'm, I don't sit on a pedestal where I can sit here and say to you or those that are listening, saying that, man, I don't struggle or we don't struggle. The struggle is weird. It's real. 
and we have to account for for all of our sins you know but we it's good to know that we have people that we can walk through this journey this christian walk with man and know that we have them along the way brother sam the struggle is real christians will struggle with living in ways that are contrary to our confession, one guy says. All of us at one point in time, or multiple times during this Christian journey, we um, find ourselves struggling with some stuff. Uh, Brother Sam, you said it, excuse me. It's not always easy to say no. It's always beneficial but it's not always easy. The flesh is that part of you that knows you inside and out. And it's like the spirit has now come into the flesh's territory and the flesh got a problem with the spirit. So it's like he turns it up because now we're trying to live in a different way, Reverend Mason. Now, we're trying to do different things, Brother Sam. Now we're trying to make sure that God is pleased instead of this fleshly nature is pleased. You will struggle as a Christian. That's what Paul is telling us here. If you're trying to live the Christian life, it's not necessarily for the ones that are just doing anything and calling themselves a Christian. But when you're trying to walk with God, when you're trying to keep his word and honor his word, when you're trying to do what the word says do, when you're trying your best to do what's right, and part of the struggle, Mason, and I'm going to hit this and I know you're going to come behind me, is what you were telling me about. The battle is not against flesh and blood but it's against principalities and powers. We're not fighting a human battle. We're dealing with the one that the word calls the prince of the air, the God of this world. Every evil thought that you have, that you encounter, that comes to your mind is not of God, it's only from the devil. And I keep telling people, and I don't know if people really understand it or not. The devil hates us because we can go somewhere he can't get back to. He knows how beautiful heaven is. He knows what it's looked like. He knows how wonderful it is. He got kicked out and he can't get back. We can go there, and it's like that, that phrase that everybody uses, your haters and all that, all that. Well, your number one enemy really is ourselves because we allow this fellow to put stuff, to, to give us stuff that we know means us no good. And sometimes we act upon that stuff, Reverend Mason. Sometimes we act upon that stuff, Brother Sam. He hates us. He cannot stand us. He hates us because we love God. So do you think that this fella is going to allow you to go to 
heaven joyfully? Do you not think that he's going to try to throw everything at you to deter you to go into that beautiful place? He's a hater. He going to keep reminding you of who you used to be. He going to keep putting in your face what you used to like. He going to keep letting you get that phone call and you see that what you know used to just turn you on and you go after it and because of who you were, how good you were at what you did, you fought, you kept falling into that trap. He's going to keep putting in your face the very thing that he knows will knock you down. He's going to keep enticing you with what you like. Have you ever noticed the devil don't ever put nothing in your face that you don't like? It's true. He don't ever send anything your way that does not entice you some way or another. He never sends that which won't get your attention. He always sends what you like, just like you like it. He, he won't give you $5 when he know you like the 5000 and the 10000s and all of that. He won't give you a woman that does not affect you or bother you when he knows he can put her in front of you. Ladies, he won't give you a man that does nothing from you when he knows what kind of man he likes. He's always going to put in front of you. And this is, like you said, this is the spiritual part of the journey. It's the, the, the spiritual part is where you have to fight the natural part. And the natural man is so used to doing what he's been doing because that's all he's ever done all of his life before Christ. And so it's easier to do what I know to do than to not do what I'm accustomed to doing. Right. So... We're wrestling, and I'm going to get to you, Mason. I see you. (laughs) It's easy to do what we know to do. And as children of God, in trying to please God, the devil is not going to let that be an easy journey. And that's why Paul talks about this right here. He says, when I would do good, Who puts in us the thought to do good? Only God. It doesn't come from ourselves. So whenever there's a good thought or when there's something good to be doing or some trouble to avoid, the devil's gonna the devil is always in opposition of any good. It's true. Anything good, he hates it. And we're going to end this here in just a moment but we're going to put up another video to um, cover and dissect the rest of this text because one thing we believe in doing here is making sure <clears throat> that we cover the context of text now we may not get as theologically deep as some people and that's not always necessary because sometimes it's based upon who your audience is or how deep you want to get And so from what we've understood, we we have people who like the way we do things. And if we're not doing it up to some people's part, we have people that we thank God that are being helped by what we do. And this is nothing to try to compete with anybody. That's not what we're here for. We're here to share a word from God. 
we're here to try to help people understand the word of God. And so with in what we will do later is we'll come back and cover what we did. But we're going to go ahead on and wrap this up here in just a moment. But within that battle, Reverend Mason, mm-hmm. and within that fight that we deal with Brother Sam, there's an answer. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Dr. Mason, go ahead, sir. Now you're right. You're right. It, you there. There is an answer. Um, as you were speaking there, I just had a thought process that came that one of the things that uh, people are very uncomfortable with is change, and and that's one of the things that uh, has happened to them since they've accepted Christ, you know, the change, there's, there's a change now that they've got to get used to. Uh, and this change has happened without any, uh, any of their participation at all. Now, they, they accepted Christ. And, and I've heard some people say, well, when I got saved, I didn't really know what I was getting into. <laughs> yeah, well, none of us know what we was getting into uh, because we've never been changed before. Uh, so if you've never been uh, spiritual before, you don't know what to expect from being spiritual. Uh, so I, when when I heard you say that, uh, and we and we talk about how real the struggle is. You know, you, you have to look at what the Apostle Paul is saying. He, he said he had a, a desire to do what is right. You know, he just had that desire now to do what is right. Before then, we didn't have that desire. Right. To do what is right. And you, and you covered that. Uh, and he said he uh, had that desire to do what is right. And... He had that hatred for the wrong things that he'd done. He said, I, I do wrong things and I just hate doing those wrong things. You know, and, and a person would have to ask, ask themselves, do you have a desire to want to do what's right now? Uh, do, you, do you hate doing wrong things now? You know, because that's going to give you now momentum to uh, try to not to do those things all the time, even though evil is always present. And, and, and you know, as, as we move further, like you said, uh, uh, there's some help for you right there, uh, which we all need. And 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 you got to see that's 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 an eye-opening moment. That's a wake-up call for you right there, because he he realized that he's in a struggle. Then he also realizes that. He got all of these uh, opponents against him and he comes to the realization and he says uh, at least I know my desire to do right is here now which was wasn't there at the beginning and then he says I even hate even when I do wrong that's a good thing that's a good thing to, to be in that position the way you're thinking like that so now he's saying uh, I, I need some help you know, uh, I believe I preached a message uh, a few years ago on uh, help is on the way. 
you know, because he didn't know that the very help that he needed, it was already there for him. And, and when you look at that help, uh, you know, it says that uh, evil, whenever he wanted to do good, and, and that's good because you want to do good. You see, but there's evil that's always there. So how do I combat this evil that's always there and begin to win now? <clears throat> how do I do that? And he's going to tell us. Go ahead, Professor. No, man. Um, I think we're going to put that in. That's going to be, we're going to hang a nail right here. <laughs> We'll we, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll stay contextual. We'll do this. <clears throat> if we jump to the end and jump back in, we will have just like given the end of the movie, so to speak. So <laughs> let, 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 let's just leave it as a cliffhanger. You know how it's going off and you waiting and then they just stop everything. About like Batman and Robin used to be trying to find out how they're going to get out of this one. Well, we're going to find out how we're going to get out of this one. But I want to say this right quick, and I'll give each one of y'all an opportunity to put your own spin at the end. For anybody that's struggling, you know what, I'm going to wait. Brother Sam, go ahead. Give us your bow tie. I'm good. Y'all covered it all, man. I mean, I'm, I'm going to let it go. We're going to leave it at a cl- as a cliffhanger, and we'll go from there, man. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. That sounds good to me. All right, Mason, you want to put your bow tie on there? Um, I'm just going to leave it sort of short uh, and that's something I can specialize in and doing things short you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brother Sam he talking about the same fellow we know I don't know who he's talking about it must be somebody else on this podcast with us oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even though this this struggle seems to some people it may seem sort of depressing to them, mm-hmm. uh, but what we have to realize is who we have on our side, and it's God who's always been for us. Uh, even though it seems like it may be depressing, it's not. So. You know, we, we, we think about this. Um, when you're in the struggle, just realize that uh, the struggle is real. Uh, we're going to win some battles, as you said, Professor. Uh, we're going to lose some battles. Uh, but just continue to uh, just trust God. Just trust God and and just continue to just make sure that uh, that you put Him first. Continue uh, to get more into the Word of God because it is that Word of God that sets us free. Uh, and we, we'll see next week uh, as you tune in uh, how all of this works out for us, uh, which is a good thing. And I, I look forward to next week uh, revealing this. Uh, it's nothing like getting answers to your problems, getting answers to your 
your issues in life and uh, and God is going to show us that so uh, let's tune in next week man I, I won't say any more about it uh, uh, I just wait look forward to next week <laughs> you just said it's nothing like getting answers to your problems I posted on our uh, TikTok page and if you're not following us on TikTok go ahead and do that yeah, for such a time as this um, but I posted whatever the problem Jesus is the answer so wherever you are in life whatever problem you have Jesus is the answer but here I want to wrap this up with this right here The Christian life is a daily struggle. It's a battle between good and evil, the flesh and the spirit. And if you call yourself a Christian and you don't ever struggle with anything, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Paul told Timothy, all who shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And the suffering and being a Christian is a struggle because you try to wonder why is it that if I'm now following Christ, why do I have to suffer? But I'm going to tell somebody that's suffering, you can find strength in your suffering. I want to leave you with this story. I love butterflies because butterflies represents transition and change. Mm -hmm. And before a butterfly becomes a beautiful butterfly, at one time they were a not so attractive caterpillar. And at some point in time, Brother Sam, a cocoon got spun around caterpillar and this process (laughs) called metamorphosis Mm -hmm. began to take place and one day there was a scientist who had 10 cocoons some caterpillars had been in their cocoons for a while and so he thought he wanted to see something so he took five of the cocoons and he cut the cocoons open to help the butterflies get out early. And those butterflies didn't live long. They died not too long after they got out of their cocoon. But the other butterflies, or caterpillars, spent their time in the cocoon, and when it was time, they burst out of their cocoons. Their wings had formed. So they had strength to open up the cocoons. What are you saying, Tim? I'm saying that the ones that had help getting out, they didn't develop the strength they needed to be sustained once they got out. For somebody struggling, you it's like being in a cocoon for a while until you bust out of that cocoon you don't get strength that you need Mm -hmm. so it's in the struggle of the christian life that you develop the strength you need lord help me 
to live this Christian life. There we go. It's a good thing that you're struggling. Just don't give in all the time. Because the struggle gives you strength. And if you rely on the Lord, he'll give you the strength to win more battles than we lose. It's true. Yes, keep on struggling. Keep on fighting the good fight. Some battles you win, some you lose. <clears throat> Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some others you'll win. Fight on fully, man, with dark passion subdue. Look ever to Jesus, he'll see you through. Yeah, you're going to struggle. You, you, we, it's like, and I hate to use this example, but it's like a foreigner is living in a place he shouldn't be living. Right. And the original occupant don't like the foreigner being there, but he can't do nothing about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't do nothing about it. The foreigner is the flesh. This container is flesh, and we'll get into that next week. Ain't nothing good in it, Paul said. In me dwelleth no good thing. Not in the flesh. But the Spirit of God. Struggle in this Christian life is a daily struggle. Mason, your friend, said he told God to save him from himself. It's true. That's what all of us need to do. The struggle will only be a victory if we rely on God to bring us through. Thank you for joining us on tonight. We look to see you on next week. If by chance we don't show up on a Tuesday night, we'll drop over to a Thursday night. Last week, a lot of things conspired to where it just didn't come together. So here we are next week. And again, sometimes you do need some rest. The body gets a little tired. All three of us have our own different lives and we're we're able to come together when God allows us to, which is mostly on Tuesday night. So again, we thank you all for joining us. We hope and pray something has been said to help someone along the way. We pray that if you're struggling, hold on. Mason said it. Help is on the way. Hold on. First Sam, if you'll take us out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. You allowed us just to fellowship with one another. We thank you for those who decide to join us, Father God, on this podcast, Lord. And we hope that we said something, Lord, to help them along this journey, Lord. And Father God, we know that we will struggle. But we thank you, Father God, that you are right there with us in the struggle. So, Father God, bless these men of God and bless their homes, Father God. And those who are listening, Father God, we ask that you just touch them in a way, Father God. They realize and know that, Father God, they are not alone. God, we just thank you, Father God, for these wonderful things, Father God, that you have already implanted in us. We thank you for your word, Father God, that guide us through these things, Father God. We thank you, O God, for these things, Father God, that we can use and apply to our lives, O Lord. And Father God, without you, we're nothing, Father God. But with you, Father God, we know that we can accomplish anything, O God. 
God. So have your way upon us, oh, Father God, and continue, Father God, to use us, Father God, in the way you want us to be used, oh, Father God. Strengthen us, Father God, in, the, in our weakest moments, Lord. We just give you all the honor, glory, and the praise because you are worthy of it all, oh, God. Of all these things, we ask your son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, we're grateful for you all taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on tonight. And so until God allows us to come together again, take care, be blessed. God loves you and so do we. Until next time, be blessed. Amen. Bless. Amen.